0: Listening to Badass Lady Folk, a podcast about socially engaged women and non-binary femmes kicking buns, big and small. I'm your host Christine Sloan Stoddard. That intro music came from the song Talking Hands by Toxic Moxie. As previously mentioned, this is a reboot of my radio-free Brooklyn show, The Badass Lady Folk of Brooklyn. Now Quail Bell Press and Productions is producing this podcast for and about incredible women and non-binary femmes from around the world, not just Brooklyn. This episode, my guest is Tiana Doughton. Welcome, Tiana. Hey, Christine, thanks. Yeah, of course. Tiana is a fitness and lifestyle coach, a fitness brand consultant, and the co-founder of Fire & Voice. Fire & Voice coaches people living on the go on how to overcome busy days, yo-yo diets, and unsustainable fads in order to stay fit from anywhere in the world and live a life of freedom rather than restrictions through online personal training, yoga, life coaching, and global retreats. So Tiana, what got you into the fitness and lifestyle industry?
1: So I was a dancer from the age of two. And I danced literally my first performance. I was in a little skunk costume at two years old on stage. And ever since then, dance and movement was a major, major part of my life. Um, all throughout middle school, high school, I was dancing, you know five, six, seven hours a day. It was like a full-time job. And then, as I went into college, I became a full-time student, which is a very different um, path than I had been on. And I was studying a lot, taking lots of classes and courses, and completely forgot the physical side of myself and of my life. Um, I was starting to have aches and pains. I was starting to get very out of touch with my body. I wasn't eating well. And this went on for about the three or four years I was in school. And at some point, i I realized how disconnected. I was from my body in this way that I never, ever had been before, like in my entire life. And so um, from that moment, I was living in LA, I got a personal trainer and totally just like dove into this world of feeling strong again after feeling very disengaged. And I fell back in love with movement and with my body. And from there decided to become a personal trainer myself. And from there, I got into teaching yoga, got into nutrition consulting, and just really went on this whole journey of fitness, lifestyle, wellness, and really bringing it all together.
0: Wow. So it really did impact your life so Absolutely. crucially.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It was like a major, major change for me. Like it was, I had never felt that far off and like away from myself. Like I didn't realize how connected um movement was to like my sense of self. And so having a trainer kind of helped me find that again. I was like, this is exactly what I want to give to people, specifically women, but people in general, uh, that kind of connection to themselves and to their bodies.
0: I love it. So what did you observe about the industry super early on in your career?
1: So early on, I was I was 20, 21 when I started training, very young and definitely noticed, um, a lot of toxic trends in the industry, which I'm sure many people who have been in gym culture have, have experienced, um, a lot of focus on thinness at whatever cost, um, a lot of focus of fitness, like becoming your life, like really cutting out certain food groups or You know, people avoiding birthdays and parties or events because they were on a really strict diet. Like, I noticed a lot of these trends that um, didn't encourage a fitness life balance, but really became all consuming in these ways that I found to be really toxic and limiting, Um, which is why as I went throughout my career, I wanted to make a hard deviation from that and make it more about like where fitness meets life, not just fitness becoming your entire life to a toxic point.
0: Ooh, I also love that. Okay, so how do you think the industry targets women specifically and differently?
1: Yeah, so I mean, women obviously whether it's through marketing and advertising in general in our culture as well as in the fitness industry, it really we we have these insane standards put on us. And I think it used to be, it actually weirdly used to be a little bit simpler. It was just about being thin, which that's not necessarily simple, but it was just about being thin. And over the years, it's also being, now it's be thin, but also curvy, but only in the right spots and also be strong and also like have a huge ass and a tiny waist. And like, it's this, it's this very, there's so many quote unquote requirements of what it takes to be considered a attractive woman or a desirable woman, and I think that the industry has put these um, very limiting things on women of how we should and are supposed to look and men men, you know, have their own set of standards um, as well, but it's a little bit there's more there's more leeway. there's more wiggle room, whereas for women, oftentimes the industry um, there's no deviation. any deviation is considered. Not okay, you know. So, but I have seen a shift in recent years. The industry now targeting women to focus on feeling strong, on lifting weights, on moving away from just from just losing weight or doing cardio, but really um, embracing a more well-rounded, holistic idea of fitness. And I have seen that shift happening, targeting towards women specifically. Good. <laughs> it's, really, it's been really good to see. It's been really good to see.
0: So what are some of the ways that you've resisted these traps that you've talked about?
1: Um, honestly, for me, lifting weights and strength training was the most fundamental uh, way to break out of that toxic cycle of being super thin and just focusing on weight loss. Um, Cause so many people do get consumed with what the number on a scale says and how much they weigh. And When you shift your focus to lifting weights and getting strong instead, the focus more becomes how much weight you can lift, not what the number on a scale says. Like, it's not about your weight. It's about the weight that you can put up. And I think that's a really, really important shift, especially for women, is like, I I don't own a scale. I don't even know what I weigh. When I go to the doctor once a year, they tell me and I'm like, that's cool. And if I've gained a little bit from the last year, I know it's probably in muscle because I've been lifting and that makes me feel actually good. I actually get excited when I see like a little uptick in weight because I'm like, okay, I put on muscle and I feel good and strong about that. So I think for me, resisting the traps really came down to weightlifting. And that is what I specifically work on with my female clients and men too. But like, I really, I think for women weightlifting is the most important thing they can do to really break out of this toxic mindset around health and fitness.
0: Yeah. So how did you shape your philosophy as a fitness and lifestyle coach? Maybe more specifically things that you have read or things that you experienced, things that you've watched, you travel a lot.
1: Yes. Um, traveling was a huge thing. Seeing how, um, different bodies and different standards of beauty exist all over the world and how there's not just one way to be beautiful or to be attractive or even to be fit um traveling was massive in that informing that perspective um i think for me seeing how busy people are and seeing how um how busy people are and how all these demands on their life how life gets in the way and how oftentimes personal trainers and fitness programs don't leave room for life. And I'm somebody that like, I really love to live life. Like I never want to be the person spending hours in the gym. I never want to be the person who can't go on a vacation or travel because I'm going to miss out on this very rigid programming, or I can't go out and enjoy a meal because I have to hit this exact calorie target. Like I never wanted to be that. And so I've based my philosophy around this idea of freedom. And I really consider freedom to be my most important value, not only like in life, but in, in health and in fitness. Because if you're not free, and you're not happy, then like, what's the point of any of it? And so I think this, this pursuit of freedom in life has, has formed my fitness philosophy about how can you be fit and free? How can you be fit and like, flexible with your training, flexible with your diet? And how can you embed it and weave it into your life in these ways that aren't restrictive that are sustainable and that feel good and I think those are the three things I really focus on is sustainability feeling good and not being restrictive
0: I love everything you just said (laughs) (laughs) it's
1: so important it's so important
0: So you did just do a social media post, I believe on Instagram and Facebook for Mm -hmm. your wedding anniversary. And it was something about how you enjoyed a nice meal out. Could you talk about that post and what the motivation was for posting it?
1: Absolutely. So I had my four-year wedding anniversary this week. Uh, Very exciting. And um, we went out and I just shared, you know, we post on our social media, all kinds of fitness stuff, but also like life stuff, like who we are. So I posted, like, a story of this really delicious pasta I ate, and then we ordered, like, key lime pie, and we were, like, popping champagne, and it was, like, a great, fun time out, and somebody messaged me totally well-intentioned. I didn't take their question the wrong way at all. They were truly just asking, but they were, like, that looks so good. Like, how did you make up for that today? And it made me really sad, because I was, like, no, that's not the point for me. So my whole post was about how I didn't make up for that meal that next day. Like, I don't believe that you need to punish yourself for enjoying your life. You don't need to punish yourself for indulging in a meal or celebrating a birthday or an anniversary. And it makes me really, really sad that people, but specifically women, men don't tend to have the same idea of punishment around food and exercise, at least in my experience. Um, But I didn't go to the, I, I went to the gym the next day, but I did my normal workout. Like I did exactly what I always do. Um, I didn't do extra cardio. I didn't cut my calories the next day. Like I literally just got back to normal because I think that that is how we break that binge restrict cycle. Cause when you overly, you know, quote unquote correct and you go too restrictive, you can't sustain that. And then inevitably you're gonna binge again and just keep getting into this cycle and that's what people struggle with. That's the yo-yo diet. That's the like lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight. That's this, that restrictive, oppressive, like just being consumed with every calorie or every that you're eating or burning. And it's not healthy. And it made that question that found on Instagram made me really sad that she had to think that way. And that so many people do think that way of like, I had cake and now I have to punish myself. It's like, no, I'm like, do I eat pasta and key lime pie and drink champagne every single day? Like, no, but like I can do that and be, it's not going to make or break your progress. And so I think it's an important, um, mindset to get out of.
0: Yeah. Thank you for saying all of that. (laughs) It's important. So you already explained a lot of this, but is there anything else you want to add in terms of what your fitness philosophy is?
1: Um, no, fitness philosophy, again, it's really about living fit and free where fitness meets life and creating routines that are sustainable, feel good, and results-based. You know, I don't think that, like, we also want to feel a certain way or look a certain way, and that's okay, too. Like, I'm not here to say that, like, if you want to have more defined muscles or if you want to lose a few pounds, that's bad and you shouldn't want to change. Like, no, it's sometimes you want to, ch- you can love yourself and still Want to better yourself physically or mentally or emotionally? Like, I think those are all fine targets. So, I like to blend this together like results based routines that are feel good, that are sustainable for life, and that allow you the flexibility to live your life as freely as you want. Yeah. That's my philosophy.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, let's hear about your company. What is Fire and Voice? How did you start it? Yes.
1: So Fire and Voice is uh, my business with my husband, who's also a trainer and yoga coach. Um, We started Fire and Voice. It was a little bit nebulous when we first started it. Um, So we were both working in the industry, but doing it like separate things. But as we went on, it kind of like started to come together. And Fire and Voice was based off of two chakras um, in like the yoga system. Um, Your solar plexus chakra, which is like your sense of fire, purpose, Uh, ambition, drive, and then your throat chakra, which is voice, truth, expression. And both of us had found that fitness and yoga helped us cultivate both of these chakras, like our fire, our sense of self, our confidence, our will, as well as our expression of that in the world and how these, how fitness is not a, a separate part of that cultivation of like sense of self. And so we started fire and voice together and over the past few years have really been solidifying what like our mission statement is and it really is not only showing up for yourself but showing up in the world um using this sense of self and this this sense of expression and truth to make to change not only your body yourself your mind but the world around you your community Um, we want to do a lot of stuff um as future elections come up like campaigning for different candidates and doing donation-based classes and like using fitness and yoga to also try to make a tangible change in the world around us as well. So that's kind of where the voice part comes in is like trying to affect change around us as well. Um, But yeah, Fire and Voice is we do in-person and virtual personal training and yoga. We lead retreats around the world. We did our first one in Nicaragua last year right before the pandemic hit, and then we're leading one just in upstate New York in September. Um, And it's really about using these mediums of training, yoga, travel, retreats to connect to yourself and connect to the community around you.
0: Ooh, okay. Could you talk more about this community aspect? Because I wasn't familiar with that before. Yeah,
1: totally. So, community for us, things should not happen in like vacuums. Like, I think people think of like um, fitness and gym time. It can be a very personal thing. Like, but it's also something that can be very removed from like the other people in your life and this like separate thing. And we often find that people have the most success and see the most results and stick with it over a lifetime if they're moving in community with other people and i think that that's true for many different parts of life but i think for us fitness is something that should be done in a group i think we do a lot of group fitness classes we train a lot of friends and couples together and it's this way of bringing fitness into your life rather than making it like a separate thing that you do apart from the people in your life and apart from your community. So when we when we do classes in pop we really focus on like, we'll spend hours talking to our, our classes after we like host events, we get together. And it's this idea of like, how can you bring community into your sense of what it means to be healthy and well and fit and that actually helps you stick with it longer. Like community is everything. And if people have community, they're going to show up. They're going to encourage each other, support each other, motivate each other, compete with each other in a positive way sometimes. And it can just really enhance, I think, the fitness experience overall.
0: Yeah, definitely. So what advice do you have for other women and non-binary folks or really just anybody who's looking to start their own business? Um,
1: advice for starting your own business. Get you have to get just get moving. I think for me I was somebody I felt really overwhelmed and I still do sometimes at the beginning and there's a lot of things that you don't know and a lot of things you feel like other people might be doing already or doing better than you and that you don't know what you're doing this like imposter syndrome sets in and I think that you have to just go. And you have to go not knowing all the answers and you have to go being a little bit afraid and the best advice I ever heard actually was, um, I was in college. And so a little backstory about me, I used to be very religious, I'm not anymore, Um, but I went to a Christian school and my teacher said uh, that God can't drive a parked car. Now I take the God part out of that from my life personally now, but this idea of things, if you have your foot on the brake, but you're saying like, okay, like I wanna go, but you're slamming your foot on the brake, nothing's ever gonna happen. You have to take your foot off of the brake and allow the car to start moving if you want to really get anywhere. So I think take that first step, just start moving and walk through the doors that start to open and turn away from the doors that start to close. And you'll start to see your path kind of like forming before you once you start moving. But if you don't start moving, you're never gonna see the possibilities and the doors that are open there for you.
0: Wow, that's such a wonderful expression.
1: you know, and even though you know i I'm no longer like a religious person, that phrase has always stuck with me, and it hits I you know rephrase it and it means something different to me now, but this idea of like, yeah, you have to just go and just see what opens up for you,
0: you know, yeah, well, I appreciate what you said too about being a little bit afraid. It's okay yeah. to have some fear, but you can still move forward. <laughs>
1: And, like, even us right now, we're trying to expand and grow in some exciting ways. And it's really overwhelming. And I'm used to being good at things and I'm used to like knowing exactly what to do. And oftentimes, right now, I don't know exactly what to do. And I kind of hate that. (laughs) But I also know that in order to grow and get to where we want to be, like, we have to take these steps. And I'm like, I don't have all the answers, but you can also call on the resources around you and online and just get out of that comfort zone and be afraid and do it anyways just 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 move you know just get
0: moving yeah definitely so how did you shift during the pandemic as a person but also yeah. as a business owner
1: yeah pandemic was hard um <laughs> i think that's goes without saying but um pandemic was challenging the business definitely shifted um almost entirely online obviously we were fitness industry was really, really hit and devastated by the pandemic. And we were lucky enough to have, um, again, a community of people who really supported us and stood by us. And we hosted online classes. We launched a whole online platform, which we never, it actually really pushed us forward in this way that we'd been talking about for years of like filming on-demand classes, releasing an online platform, but it always felt too big. It felt like, well, how are we gonna film? Where are we gonna go? How are we gonna do it? Who's gonna buy it? Like Peloton exists already. Like, how are we gonna beat out a multi-million-dollar company, right? But the pandemic like forced us into it in a positive way, I guess, and we it expanded our business into a, into a new realm, um, which was good. And I mean, personally, I think the pandemic for me, one showed me how reliant and dependent on each other, we really are coming back to that idea of community, like how truly what impacts one person impacts everybody and how we're more connected than most of us know. And to like, take advantage of every single moment, like, cause all of a sudden out of nowhere, you could just lose a whole year. And so like, to like, so to take the trips and like eat the good food and move your body because you can and like see your friends and like really it encouraged me to to live because you don't know when you could just be told to stay inside for a whole year. <laughs> you yeah. know, just get out there and when you can take advantage of everything. You
0: know? Definitely. Uh yeah, no, all of that really resonates. I think many people were pushed to do things they had been talking about for a long time especially business owners or or anybody with ambition <laughs> it's also one thing to talk about something and then actually do it <laughs> as i'm sure you discovered
1: <laughs> because it's one of, like i have a lot of friends in the industry who just kind of disappeared this year and that's not that's not a judgment call on them it's like you don't know what people are going through and i don't know what was all going on in their life but really didn't do anything in terms of live classes or you know pre-recorded classes they just really just drifted off and we kind of knew for us it's like either this year it's like we either lean in or we kind of get out it's like are we choosing this path that we're on or are we looking for like new jobs in a new industry like it was really this like this crossroads and we're like no we're here like this is our path like we're going to lean in and I couldn't imagine um, not doing anything this year and then trying to kind of make my way back into the industry now. It really forced us to maintain a presence and be really intentional and to show up for people. And honestly, it was good for us to like, I can't, it kept us do it kept us busy and it kept us working and it kept us moving, like doing live classes and filming every day when we could have just been like really sad and depressed, which we still were at moments, but it kept us, it kept us with something to do, honestly. And it, I think it was just as as good for us as it hopefully was for the people that we were providing the service for, you know?
0: Yeah. I love what you said about being intentional. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So what advice do you have for listeners who are struggling with negativity and anxiety about how their bodies might have changed during the pandemic? like lost weight, gained weight, lost hair. That's something I've heard a lot about, like bald spots. Um, Maybe their skin is breaking out or doesn't look, you know, just so many different body changes people have been talking about.
1: Yeah. I mean, number one is that's totally fine. Like a lot of people have, you don't, you don't have to feel positive about everything all the time. Like number one, like that is okay. And I think that, um, even the most fit people you see out there that you might think have no issues with negativity about their bodies, they absolutely do. I would even say some more than, more than the average person because they're so consumed by it. So number one, it's totally normal. Like you're allowed to not feel great all the time and that's okay. Um, number two is to recognize that no matter what your body looks like or weighs or how it feels, It carries you throughout your day, every single day. And it allows you to interact with the world. It allows you to hug your friends. It allows you to do the things that you love to do. And I think that just appreciating your body for keeping you alive and for letting you live this life is something to be hugely grateful for. And that's true no matter what it looks like or how it feels. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. And then three, you know, like, again, what are things you can do to feel good in your body? And that's going to look different for everybody. For me, I love lifting weights and I love to dance. It takes me back to like that first, my beginnings kind of, um, other people might not, they might like to do other things. Um, and they should do those. I think you should find ways to move that bring you joy and that make you happy, um, and, you know, there are some people that just no matter what, they hate exercise, no matter what. And there are those people that are like, it doesn't matter if I'm dancing or running or lifting weights. I hate all of it. And that's OK. You don't have to love everything. But I think those people um, remember the, how you feel after, you know, like the energy it can give you, the sense of confidence it can give you. Um, and to take tangible, small, sustainable, repeatable daily steps to feel good about yourself and in your body. Because I know from my own experience that feeling disconnected and disengaged from your body is not a good way to live. And you don't have to be a size four, you don't have to have a six pack abs, you don't have to be able to run a mile, but you do deserve and you should feel connected to your body and to yourself. And so to find ways to feel good about yourself, however that looks for you.
0: Yeah. All right, let's shift to your global retreats since we can safely travel again, at least <laughs> in the near future.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's very exciting. So the retreats are um, a big thing for us, um, as you as you said, and as I mentioned, we love to travel. Um, we've traveled all over the world together, and we really wanted to find a way to blend this love of travel and experiencing adventure and life um, and and blend that with with personal training and fitness. And so for us, retreats were the perfect way. And we call them our movement and adventure retreats because it's really about for us, it's like, I've been on a few yoga retreats and I've loved them. This is not to like this is not to say anything negative about that. I loved them. They were very peaceful and very relaxing. And, but what we wanted to really bring is this sense of like being alive, like moving in your body, moving through the world, like leaning into that kind of like adventurous, wild, fun part of life. Um, Our retreats so far have been all inclusive. So we have a chef um, and it's healthy, it's cooking healthy food, but it's like really good food too. We include wine and beer in the retreats as well. Cause it's, and you don't, no one has to drink obviously, but it's, you know, it's about like we want it to feel like a like vacation fun, but also like wellness focused and movement focused and how these things can go together and how you don't have to not enjoy life in order to also be fit and well, how you can really do all of these things all together. And that's the goal for our retreats. Um, the first one we led in Nicaragua, we, um, we did fitness every morning, like a workout every morning. And then we did yoga every night. And in the middle of the day, was kind of like free time, whatever people want to do. Uh, but we would lead adventurous, fun things during the day, whether it's hiking or ziplining or surfing or, you know, whatever. And it was so much fun Everyone that came, I was surprised, almost everybody was between the ages of 40 and 60. And I we really thought there'd be me like more like 30 year olds there. That's how old we are, and that made more sense to us. But it was so much fun seeing all of these women, they were all women who they were all almost all nurses or like like high like or lawyers or whatever, like high power jobs or busy jobs. And to see them like, like open, like head back laughing or like screaming and laughing down a zip line or like jumping in the pool after a workout and like just like these women that work so hard and who don't have like your like model like teeny tiny I'm a I am aii you know, run marathons and do yoga every day. These are normal people who were feeling good in their bodies and loving life in that moment. And that's what we want to do. So we're leading our next one in upstate New York, which actually is sold out, which is awesome. Um, and we actually just bought a, a space in Panama, just land that we're hoping to build on and create our own space to get away. And to bring people to, to feel good in their bodies and to feel good moving throughout the world.
0: Yeah. That all sounds so magical and wonderful. <laughs>
1: I'd love to see you there
0: sometime. Yeah. That'd be fun. One day. Okay. <laughs> Could you talk a little bit more about the upstate New York one, what you have yeah. planned? Totally. So we
1: rented out this, um,
0: I don't know what you would call it. We're calling it like a manor. It's like a,
1: you know, it looks like a little rustic country. It's nice. Um. We're going up there it's only it's four days a little bit shorter than the last one um same idea we're doing workouts in the morning and yoga at night um we have a chef and a dj this time coming along to curate all playlists for the workouts and the yoga sessions as well as just like fun ambiance at night to just hang out and dance and have a good time um we're gonna do z- ziplining was very popular last time so a lot of women want to go ziplining again we're gonna zipline we're going to go on a few hikes. We're going to go wine tasting, actually. Um, and all the activities are optional. Some people might just hang out by the hot tub or there's a little creek on the property, just kind of hang out down there. So it's really about, your time is yours. If you want to like kick back and relax, do that. But if you want to go out and explore and have fun, you can do that as well. So we're really, really excited about it. We, have, um, we actually didn't even plan on doing it. How it happened was um, people who came on the last retreat Literally, we're like, we're putting in our time off request right now at work, and I need you to tell me when your next retreat is, and it needs to be like this summer, because I really need one. And we had like four people tell us that, and so we were like, um, okay, September 17th through 20th, we set the dates before we even booked a spot, because there was this kind of like demand, people were asking for it, and it was kind of seemed time sensitive. And so then we booked it and we announced it to our former retreat goers and our, um, our clients, our personal one-on-one clients. And it sold out before we even announced it on social media. And we have 18 people going. And we didn't even have to be. Now we have a wait list of like 10 people who might be able to get a spot if someone drops. So it's, it feels really, it's, it feels um, affirming that what we're doing is something that people want and need and have enjoyed and that's that feels really good
0: yeah well congratulations thanks. <laughs> all right that's all the time we have folks thank you tiana and to your listeners thanks for choosing the badass lady folk podcast i know you have so many choices for your podcast and other entertainment more than ever in the history of humankind I'm your host, Christine Sloan Stoddard. You can find out more about me and Quail Bell Press and Productions in the show notes. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the Badass Lady Folk. And I should note now, we will be removing the Badass Lady Folk episodes from the Radio Free Brooklyn days from iTunes and everywhere else online, because I have been hearing that it's confusing, that people can't tell the difference. So it's time to archive those guys (laughs) and get rid of them. (laughs) Uh, Maybe I can make them available by special request. We shall see. I will let you know. Either way, tune in next time. And